The Chick in Charge podcast celebrates every woman's ability to be her own chick in charge. The cast often highlights those who, through passion, dedication, and perseverance, take it to the next level and serve to remind us all that limits don't exist for a true chick in charge. Today's episode features a woman who conquered corporate America and developed her own brand that is going strong. She has gone way past the next level and into the stratosphere as an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mother, and wife. Get ready to meet a woman who is redefining success almost every day, Michelle Taylor Willis. to the Chicken Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the Chicken Charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Hey everybody, this is Sarah Smith. I am the co-host of the Chick in Charge podcast with the Chick in Charge, Mary Parker. Mary is the CEO of All-in-One Security, the founder of the Mary Parker Foundation, and the author of the autobiography, The Chick in Charge. Buy the book. Buy the book, ladies. You need to read it. It is going to help you if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a businesswoman. Please, please, please take a peek at that, and you can find that at thechickencharge.com. It's on Amazon, too. And Mary, I've learned so much from you listening to, you know, just you talk to guests and also from your book. And we have to talk about that book sometimes because it's just a great, great guide. Well, you know, Sarah, thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And we'll just plan a show around that and maybe Love. bring in several other authors that we can talk about our stories simultaneously. Yep, let's do it. So we'll keep our we'll keep our audience very good. Of that. Very good. Thank you. And thank you, Michelle Willis, for being here with us today. No, thank you. You, you are a jewel. You are sunshine to our community. You're so young and you're so beautiful. Yeah. And you have so much going for you. <laughs> and today we're going to delve into some of that because you're just all over the place. And I in know, a good way. Yes. And I know, I know that you've got your magazine, you've got you know, the healthcare stuff. Let's just talk, Michelle. All right, let's do it. I can talk now. If you Michelle, talk. tell us about, let, let's start with our entrepreneurial experience. Okay. And then we'll just back into and move into wherever, whatever other topics we need to discuss. Today. Awesome. Love it. So, gosh, where should I start? Um, so I can't start talking about my entrepreneurial experience without speaking about my family. Ah, yes. Because I feel like it's in the DNA 
right? I mean, there is something, not that your forefathers or our forefathers have been entrepreneurs, but it's the spirit, right, that's in there. Mm -hmm. And so my grandmother was an entrepreneur. What did she do? A lot. She taught piano lessons from her office. I mean, from her house. She actually had an, which she has that piano until she died last year. Amazing. The same piano. So she had a piano business. She had a baking business that she actually used to bake out of her home and sell. And I actually have the recipe. I had an online bakery. You have the recipes. Oh, I've got the recipes. Yeah. I have Good an for on, you. I've got the, on, I had an online bakery uh, about 10 years ago. And the basis of a lot of the recipes were her, her yeast rolls. Cool. That's so, so cool. So I can make them from uh, scratch. You yeast can make rolls. the yeast rolls? I can make the yeast You've rolls. You've got a client. I make the cinnamon rolls. You've got this client. Everything, right? Amazing. So she did that. My grandfather, my maternal grandfather, was the first um, black-owned, one of the first black-owned businesses in Mobile, Alabama. He had a car wash. And so, yeah. And then my maternal grandmother, his wife, was, um, she used to, she had her own business where she cleaned houses. She washed clothes, usually for white people, right? I mean, that was what it was back then, but she had her own business. And so she did that for years. She took care of kids, everything. And so don't even get me started on my mom. <laughs> well, you've okay, got to have some of her DNA as well. My mom is like, she's 72, and she's like Mary. I mean, she is a firecracker. She's much older than Mary, but, I mean, in terms of her spirit, the way she looks, the way she, I mean, my mom is like... She's 72, and you wouldn't put her more than mid-50s at all. She looks amazing. Um, But she's had her own businesses. I've never known. I can only think of a couple times in my life where my mom actually worked for someone. And it was usually to bridge, to fill in gaps, right, for us. My father, who's now deceased, um, he had several of his own businesses. He even had a barbecue sauce that he sold to QVC years ago. I mean, so... It's just, it's it, it just rolls down. It sounds, oh, yeah, the yeah that's all sounds, that you know, and that's incredible. It's, it's all I know. Um, but I have to say that I do think there's value in corporate America and learning. And I tell young entrepreneurs all the time that there is a reason why, you know, big corporations are big corporations. They've figured out the formula. They've got it down pat. So why not go and work for them and learn Learn all the things that the streets, so to speak, won't teach you, right? And then couple that with your purpose and your passion and your talent and and execute upon that, and you really can't go wrong. And so that was really my formula. And so I learned. I worked for Johnson & Johnson for 10 years. I was in pharmaceutical sales. Great company. Medical device sales, yeah. We got this little thing going on with the talcum powder thing. But other than that, yeah, (laughs) great. You know, I hate to put that out there. But, yeah, it was no, a great no, company okay. to work for, right? Um, I worked for Ferguson Enterprises right out of college, which is was at the time the largest plumbing wholesaler in America. And I sold toilets. I mean, I sold toilets. I sold appliances. I sold um, what are the things that water come? Faucets. <laughs> um, I sold all of those things right out of college. I used to – I remember I was as an intern – I came to the warehouse, and it was dark when I got to work, and it was dark when I left. Wow. I mean, 12, 14, 15, 16-hour days. Hello. Yeah. So you talk about work ethic yeah. and just breeding this spirit that's already there, but you hone 
You know, you hone right. into those talents. Yeah. It's kind of hard not to be successful. So, yeah, I worked corporate for a while, for a, a long time. But I always had, you know, what they call a side hustle. Mary, you know about the side hustle, <laughs> You right? know. But before you go there, yeah. I want to come back to something you said because yeah. I also, uh, having been in corporate America, from that to entrepreneurial, really <laughs> do value the aspect, that part of my life of having a very structured environment right. that I actually went into um, prior to having a real business right. or becoming a real entrepreneur. And that, that, that work ethic and those learning experiences and being around other people just give you so many other options. I also believe that in our culture, especially your parents, your grandparents, they did what they knew how to do. That's right. But in terms of putting it together right. and being able to pass it along or grow it to another next level or scale it to a level, it didn't happen. That's right. So now with all the experience you observed as an entrepreneur from your family, going into corporate and then coming back out, now we can talk about the side hustle. Right. How exactly. does all that play in for Exactly. You? And I got to tell you, I have to say this. That's one of the things that I love about what you've done because scaling is what you've done. And I tell you don't you're not with me every day, right? But I tell your story at least once or twice a week. Well, all right. And Thank I, and you. I just and I just said it yesterday. Uh, I think it's phenomenal that I mean, and you told me this. You started your business at, at your kitchen table with two other people, maybe three other people. It was three others. It was me. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I brought employees. You well, brought, employee, they brought me with them. There so you go. I made four employees. There you go. I love it. But I mean, at, at a kitchen table, four people, right? Now to, you know, a multi-million dollar organization. I'm sitting in an office that is fit for a king, right? But I mean. Queens. Or queen, yes. <laughs> More queen than king. Um but to be able to scale, like, and that's the thing, that's the challenge, especially in our our culture, it's the scalability, right? We build these one, two-person enterprises. There's nothing wrong with that. There's million, tons of people doing a great job at that. I mean, I've done that, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. But to be able to take what you learn corporately and put it into practice in an infrastructure that is scalable is everybody can't do that. And Mary, the fact that you have been able to do it and you sustained it and like, seriously, like I can't even get the words to say, I mean, I, I hold you in such high regard for that because that's a whole nother level of businessing, so to speak. Well, I, I thank you for that. And, and I also, that's one of the things that I train on. We stay in roles too long. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't reinvest in ourselves. Right. And when I say we, I'm not just talking African-American. I'm also speaking of women in general. We believe we're so trusting and we believe so many people right. of their words. And when that doesn't happen, we have to go out and fend for ourselves. Right. But you're absolutely correct. One of the other things that, you know, and I have to always give credit to my team, God blessed me to be able to hire a wonderful team right. to lead and work with me in all-in-one. So transitioning, that succession planning, right. is something that is crucial. I was listening to you talk about your grandfather and your, your grandmother, and I was reminded of my grandparents as well. But what didn't happen 
the formulas, they're, the secret sauce was never That's right. formulized. <clears throat> and so it stopped with them. That's right. I was intentional from a little girl on that when I started my business, that it would never stop. Right. I will always bring someone else along with me that could take and learn those experiences. And when I was ready to go on to something else, they could take that and keep it moving. Right. And that's so smart. I mean, perfect example. One of my grandparents I didn't talk about is my paternal grandfather, who was the first black vendor for J.C. Penney in Minneapolis. And wow. he had he was a tailor, an upholsterer. So he had his own. He owned a building, and he uh, I said built, but sewed or made upholstery for J.C. Penney, and. He did that for years. He tried to pass it down to my dad, and my dad wanted to do his own thing, right? Um, tried to pass it off to my brother, and my brother actually is a tailor, right? A, ta- a double entendre. My last name, my maiden name is Taylor. There you go. Right, we have two tailors. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and so he has that, you know, skill set. Right. But to your point, that business, if we had done it right, we could still be. Yes. And, I mean, and everything's gone. The building's gone. The business is gone. The house that we had in our family for so long in Minneapolis is gone. So I don't mean to get too dug, you know, in the weeds with that, but your your point is so on point because we just don't traditionally do a good job with that. And you have. And you are doing a fantastic job as well. South Fulton, and especially the city of South Fulton, would not be the same without you. Many of our businesses down here would not have the recognition without you and what you do with your with your magazine. I appreciate so, that. And I love the magazine. It's high quality, and the information is so informative. So talk to us a little bit about that passion. And I know a little bit of the history. You started it. You sold it. You took it back. That's right. And <laughs> So let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that one. It's so funny how I ended up with this magazine because when I decided to buy it, I actually was running a pretty successful medical consulting company, which was doing great. Um, But I felt like I might transition out of that. And so a business partner of mine in the consulting company came to me and said, listen, I've got something that's down in. South Fulton, you live down there, you know, I think you should look at this. And I was like, publishing? I don't know anything about magazines. I can't do this. And what he said to me, he's a very good friend of mine. What he said is, we're going to take this magazine, and this is how we're going to build you. We're going to build you around the magazine. This is going to be your platform and your springboard for everything Michelle Taylor Willis. Wow. And when he said that, I was like, okay, yes, fine. Let me look at the number. I mean, I just kind of blew right past it, right? And so I we bought the magazine together um, and grew it. It was a month old when we bought it, so it was barely out. We bought it, as you you know, I mean, we grew it to a mile. It was a 52, sometimes 60-page booklet in like 18 months. Which is in rapid, print rapid at the, it's yes, just crazy, yes, yes. crazy. I mean, we had salespeople and editors and, you know, I mean, uh, and, um, and it was doing great. And we really felt like, you know, my, my, my goal for the publication was, to Mary's point, was to brand South Fulton County. Right. Right. Donald, who was with me at the time, wanted to use the magazine to brand me. 
And I wanted to use the magazine to brand the area because we had so much history in this area. And a lot of the history had stayed, but the the energy had gone, right? right? And so we wanted to use the magazine to bring it back. And that's what we did. And my staff, really, I... I'm really just a visionary, and I can execute at a very high level. But details are really not my thing, right? Uh, and so I had to bring on great people to do great things, to tra- take great photos and tell great stories. And that's what we did. We, we told and we tell a lot of stories that people in North Atlanta or in Buckhead or in the city of Atlanta might not hear because the narrative they hear is there's carjackings and there's shootings correct, and people are getting robbed correct. and, you know, all of, you know, there's nothing down there. There's nowhere to eat. There's nowhere to shop. That's what they see. And we saw something different, right? And that's the thing. When you're building a vision, you have to see something nobody else can see. And so we, I saw something nobody else saw, and we saw something nobody else could see. And that's what we did with the magazine. So we just started telling the story with great paper, great content, Beautiful, high-resolution pictures, quality, something that most people would think would come out of Buckhead, not South Fulton, not my words. And so, and now we've got this whole, it's four and a half years later, I have people call me from California. I just had somebody call me from California last week and said, I'm looking at moving into Atlanta, and I found your magazine online. Can you tell me about this area? That's very cool. So the impact, the influence, I mean, we renamed it, right? The, you know, eight cities of South Fulton County, you know, we've renamed SOFU, uh-huh. right? I mean, the whole area is like, because we want it to have its own name. We don't want it to be the South or down there or what's it. It's SOFU. We eat at SOFU. Mary's headquarters are in SOFU, right? Hapeville and the Porsche headquarters sit in SOFU. going to use that right I'm using yeah. it. and it, and it's working michelle it, but what donald did i like his concept and yours because the two marry Thank you, you don't realize, think yeah. of sofu without thinking michelle and you think of michelle you also think of the magazine so the dual marketing branding has worked for you it really did and he saw something that I didn't see. Your visions were different for the same purpose. You're right. Yes, yes. And we find that all the time in business. Yeah. You know, I'm a visionary, as you well know, um, and we've got lots of things going on. We'll share some of the things offline. Just make sure you're there for October the 18th. I got it. And you have a big event coming up this Sunday. This Saturday and Sunday, yep. Yes, I'm there Sunday. I won't be there Saturday. Uh, let's share with the audience so they will know all about your mom's program as well. Yeah, so here's the challenge. The challenge is you have people like Mary, the people like me who are raising kids, have husbands, you know, and try to have lives, and they're trying to build significant, scalable business enterprises. They're either in corporate environments, right, and they want to transition, or they're in, they're entrepreneurs and they're working all the time, and they feel like they're failing somewhere. Everything's not operating on all cylinders. And so we decided to devise a conference that would solve that problem for people and let people know, especially specifically female entrepreneurs, that you can build 
a scalable enterprise. You can be an entrepreneur. You can raise great kids. You can be involved with them. They can be involved with you. You can have great personal lives. You can work out every day, <laughs> right? Or most days. You can have a strong sense of self. You don't have to self. You don't have to be crazy. You can do all of these things. You can have it all. You won't always do it all by yourself, right. but you can have it all. And you don't have to lose as a mom because you're successful in business. You don't have to be, you know, a great mom and your business suck. You can't get it past one person because you got to raise your kids. There is a formula to doing this. And the conference, the Moms All In conference, is that formula. Moms All In. Moms All In. I love moms that. Yes. All in, and one of which our- is a registered trademark, as is SOFU. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> and, and, and let's talk about that for a moment because, again, that is something that people don't understand the value of their intellectual property. Right. And it's not yours until you've taken steps to secure it. That's right. Through registering trademark and copywriting. Um, we do that a lot. I Before I even tell a person the name of anything that I do, I've already registered my content. I, I registered it. the name. She's so on top of it on everything, isn't and she? And you just, I mean, we have to protect right. it because I'm a very people person. I'm very trusting. And sometimes, and I've learned this, these have been some of my failures. And we talk a lot about our strengths and our weaknesses. And that's been one of mine, is not securing my own intellectual property but not anymore. Now that now that we know better, we do better. Yes. It's when we learn yeah. things and don't put them into, implement them in our own lives. Right. And uh, so Michelle, earlier you were, we were talking about these different lanes and you yeah. mentioned side hustle. I love <laughs> it. Let's bring that back to the forefront. What do you yeah. mean when you say a side, side hustle? hustle. <laughs> side hustle. I, I gotta tell you, when I moved to Atlanta almost 15 years ago, I realized that Everybody in Atlanta had a side hustle. Yeah. I mean, everybody. It's like, what do you do? Well, I got this, I got this. It's almost like, do you remember with good times when the guy would open his jacket and be like, what kind of watch? What you want? I got this, oh my God. I got a watch. I got. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how I felt when I, you know. Um, but in corporate, I always had something else I was doing. Not multiple things, but something else. So that's first, so smart. That is well, so multiple smart. multiple streams of income always, right? But what I learned, my uncle was a very... Um, prominent attorney in Minneapolis told me a long time ago he said keep the main thing the main thing keep the main thing the main thing when the main thing is running and you don't have to touch it then you can right, right? and I learned the hard way that that's how you do I mean I you know I've been that person where you try to do everything at once and nothing works right but my first side hustle was when I was at J&J and I had a resume writing business this is when we had floppy disks, right? <laughs> and I actually had, and I would, I would give everybody, when I finished their resume, I'd give them their floppy disk, and they would pay me. Once, once they paid me, I'd give them the floppy disk. Isn't that funny? I was like, you no, know, I was like That 20, was the contract. It, 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 that was it. Perfect. Yeah. So I did that. Um, we had a business called PSS, which was Pharmaceutical Selling Solutions, which was training people on how to get into the pharmaceutical industry because everybody wanted to be a pharmaceutical sales rep. Um, so all of these were just kind of like, you know, just getting my feet wet, right? Um, and then I had a, my online bakery where I literally baked everything from scratch, right? I believe in home-cooked meals. I cook two or three times a week for my family. We sit at the dinner table. We talk. We do highs and lows. We do that, right? And so uh, I had this online bakery called Tage, Treats and Good Eats, 
which my son came up with. And so I did that. Another then, entrepreneur. Oh, all my kids have a business. Amazing. All of them. And so then I transitioned into my first my first real company, I'll call it, right, where I actually was was not a side hustle, and I transitioned from medical device sales and literally just cut the cord when I had six months of revenue in the bank to where I could operate my operating expenses and personal expenses. And um, it was a consulting company that we started with. It started off as HR consulting, and I partnered with people who knew HR, right? That's we, how you do it. That's right. And we did executive play. I was just the brains and the beautiful face. Uh, of the- <laughs> and that works as well. <laughs> that works, right? Um, but we did executive placement. So we, I mean, we placed Burger King Corporate, University of Miami, major foundations all around the nation, California. I mean, we placed C-suite, every now and then VPs um, all over. And then we added a division where we did um, HR consulting for small businesses because we realized small businesses don't have employee handbooks. They hire at a whim. They fire at a whim. There's no documentation for anything. So we did that for small businesses. But because I had a strong foothold in medical because all those years in pharmaceutical and medical, I started doing it for physicians. And then that transitioned into medical consulting, where I partnered again with people who very had very sp- specific lanes, and we did negotiating. We negotiated contracts with all the insurance companies, customer service training for the front office staff. You know all these different things. And then I literally just created a whole other division of the business um, that was focused solely on medical consulting, and I you know, took classes, got certified, joined the, you know, medical consulting um, associations. And I started building practices. So there's practices up and down the street, all over Atlanta, Georgia, um, Alabama, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, where I actually would sit across from a physician just like this. And he'd say, I want to open my own practice. And in six to nine months, he'd have a building just like this. And my team created it. So we did that for several physicians. And that and that was full time. Full time we you know, we did well. And at that time is when Donald came in because Donald was one of my partners. He did um I hired him to do a lot of my marketing and things for my doctors, build the website, stuff like that. And this dropped in his lap. And at that time, he came. And uh, I had a medical distributorship as well that I basically funneled. So the other thing I like, I like feeder sources for all my businesses, right? So it might look like I have three different businesses, but it's really one. Okay, That's understood. Getting, understood. Right? I understand that model. That's yeah. what we do as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I had a medical consulting company, but I had a medical distributorship as well. So if I had a physician that needed back braces or knee braces or something. Oh, yeah, I got that. No problem. I got that covered. And I had a business that I'd funnel that through. And then so I had two or three of these. That makes so much sense. It does. It does. And basically what you're doing is you continue to service the same client. That's exactly right. Instead of going out finding, having to find new clients, you study your clients, you understand that supply chain management, and you go in there with whatever they need. That's, That's right. how we've grown our business. That's exactly right. Yes. And you never want them to leave you. If like at some point, if you're my client, you're going to stay my client. I mean, you might come and go. We might the 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 relationship may change. But even now in media, right? So I'm building a media company that started off as just a magazine, but it's now billboards, it's the radio show, it's the web series. And my my medical client, my clients right now are 
some of the people I built their practices. So let's talk about that for a moment because that's what a lot of people will do. A lot of people start something, get it to a point, and they leave that. Mm-hmm. And they start something fresh and new. Right. How have you maintained? Do you still service some of the clients in your previous businesses? or That's a great question. Um, I get one, at least one call a month, either from a previous partner or a, uh, you know, past client asking me like, Hey, I'm starting another practice. Can you come do this for me? Or, you know, my bankers still call me Michelle. Listen, they've been to every consultant in Atlanta. They don't want to hire anybody. Right. Can you please, like, please just help me out. They trust you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have, I turn away so much business now it makes me think sometimes I'm like uh. every now and then I did do one um, a pretty big consulting job last year because it was just it would have been stupid for me not to do it but I didn't tell anybody because I'm like hey I got a magazine and you know what I'll set your practice up for you you know right yeah. <laughs> right you gotta at some point you know leave it behind and make the pivot um so I really don't do much on the consulting side but what I will do is I help my friends out if they need it um, but I still they're still my client they're just buying ads or they're on the radio show right or you know I repurpose the relationships right because people trust me and I've done a lot to earn that trust and if I've lost it I gotta come back with my tail between my legs and go hey listen I I screwed the pooch on this one real bad well, I love that. I love screwed the pooch. That is, that's a great tagline. I'm going to use that. <laughs> but, but Michelle, I want to go, I want to stay here for a moment because this is what I find with a lot of businesses. So my question would be, why did you not sell that business? Why did you not bring someone else on to run that business? Keep that business as you're building what you're doing now. So the answer is, I should have. I absolutely should have. And I had people that were, that wanted to do it. I mean, even Donald, who I referenced before, was like, listen, we got to keep this. You got to do it. And and to be very honest and frank with you and everybody else who's listening, it's just between you guys and me, right? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was, I, we, we took on a client and one of my employees made a lot of mistakes and for me, when an employee makes a mistake, I make a mistake, basically. You own it. I own it. Mm-hmm. And that particular situation was, and part of, and some of the mistakes were my fault. I don't mean, I mean, you know, everything starts with leadership, right? And so some of that execution rolls under me, to be honest. Um, and so I was so burnt out after that. I really just, I just kind of lost the gumption to do anything and I just wanted to be done and I was just like and at, exactly at that time is when Donald came in with this and I was like and he you know and he even says it's been you know probably three years since I've done a practice um well not three but and uh and he even says like it's not too late like we could still like you still have a book of business here. like we could do something with this and I, so I'm entertaining it actually now um and maybe bringing some people on to kind of carry the torch. But I absolutely should have. I made the mistake that people make in two areas. A very wealthy person told me a long time ago, has tons of money, said two things you never get attached to emotionally, real estate and your business. 
Because if you get attached to real estate, I mean, real estate is one of the number one ways to make money. Yeah. And if you get, if somebody ever, if you have the house of your dreams that you paid a million dollars for, and somebody knocks on your door and they say, I'll give you two for it, you pack all of your, you know what, up. And, and leave some of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Leave. You want it as is? Do you want me to add something to right. it? Like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. But we, but we get so attached, right. really. And we're like, oh, God, I can't leave. I had my kids here. I Look know. At this. And Timmy's, you know, lines around the wall. You get the hell up out of there. I'm sorry. Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of there. We can say hell. We can say hell. Okay. Hell, heaven, the whole thing. Hell and heaven. Okay. And you get out. And it's the same thing in business. When you can't, I'm not saying you're never emotionally attached, right? But emotions keep you from making s- strong business decisions, yep. good or bad. I agree. And I was so emotional. I could not, I could not make a good decision. I did the same thing with the magazine, to be honest with you. I heard in church last week, which I thought was so profound, the pastor said, we make the same mistakes on the things that matter the most. And the things that don't really matter, we fix. Like, you know, if you load the, this is my example, not his, if you load the dishwasher wrong and plates break, you'll be like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. I don't want to lose all my plates. You know, but if you're making an emotional decision in business and you screw up and you're like, golly, that sucks. And then two hours, two, two years later, you go up and make the same emotional decision. Like, oh, I just lost another million dollars. How that, how that happened? When are you going to learn that when lesson? When are you going to learn that lesson? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's so true, right? right. We, we repeat the dumbest things over and the things that don't matter. Why? And Michelle, do you think? Why do we do that? Well, I, here, here is one of my um, uh, chick tips. I believe sometimes it's because we don't have the right people holding us accountable. I just shared this morning with the young lady I was speaking to that I have a process for my life, for my business, for my faith, for everything. Mm -hmm. And when I deviate from the process, the end that I had in mind never occurs. Right. When I follow the process that I established for myself, it works every time. That's, you know, like... I can give you two examples. I made business decisions on a well. They failed. Right. And the, so the lesson I shared with her this morning was I knew that was not a, ba- a great deal because right. I hadn't done the due diligence. I didn't know the people. I was working from emotions, and I was trusting in something that I didn't know. Right. And I said to her, never, ever worry about that mistake again. Mm-hmm. It'll never happen again. So you look for opportunities to do better when we make mistakes. But the lesson for you and the previous businesses, the successful businesses, it can't be over. Right. That is an unfinished territory that you must go back and deal with. Right. And you and I will deal with that offline. Oh, gosh. (laughs) She knows she means that. Oh, I'm I'm very well aware. We'll deal with that offline. I'm very well aware. Um, But But that's the answer to your question. Yes, yes. I want us, because we're going to wrap up here. You have your event coming up on Sunday. Yeah, and can I just say one thing about that? Because there's this chick that's going to be there, no pun intended. I don't know who she is. I mean, she's like, I mean, to be very superficial, she's gorgeous. Right. She has perfect hair. She sounds like a queen when she speaks. She's just so amazing on the outside. But more importantly, <laughs> on the inside, she's a beast. She's so sincere, and she's true, and she's right, and she's transparent, 
and she's insanely intelligent. She thinks outside of the box. She's a business beast. I don't know if you've ever heard of this woman that I speak of, but her name's like Mary. What is that? Mary Persimony. Mary Mary Plightful. Mary Parker. That's it. It's on the banner right behind you. Mary Parker. (laughs) That's her. Yep. I have the honor on Sunday, I'm doing a specific panel over lunch, and it's not even panel, a featured guest interview is really what it is. And Mary is on the main stage, and it's just you and me. Actually, it's going to be just like this, except reverse. Well, we got practice today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and got practice, yeah. That was a good choice. It was an amazing choice. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. and Because that- she's done Every single woman in that room, it's going to be about 100 women in that room. Right. Every woman in that room is going to is going to want to know how to do what she's done. We're going to tell it as it is. I'm looking forward to it. Is there another way? Give a plug again for your uh, event this weekend, how they can get tickets, where it's located, give all the details. So this, this Saturday and Sunday, September 14th and 15th, at the Georgia International Convention Center by the airport in SOFU in College Park. Make sure you go to the right one. <laughs> um, and so we kick open the doors, 7.30. Um, the vendor hall opens. And we Is start a. M.? at 7.30 a.m. Yes, guys, 7.30 a.m., not p.m. It's not a party, not yet. Um, and the, we, we actually start the opening session at 8 a.m. on Saturday. We're going to go all day, 8 a.m., to 4.30 on Saturday, cocktail reception Saturday night at 6, and then Sunday from 9 until 3.30. Momsallinconference.com. Momsallinconference.com. Go there, learn about it, click on buy tickets, and if it's okay, can I give your code out? Sure. So Mary has her own special discount code. It's M as in Mary, H as in heaven, P as in Parker. See what I did there? I do. <laughs> <laughs> and the number 10. So MHP10, if you go in, you enter that code, you'll get 10% off, and Mary will know that you were there because of her. Saturday and Sunday, September 14th and 15th. Well, all right. We've got more events to attend at the Georgia International Convention Center. We will be there. I encourage all of you to come on, especially moms and entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs. You never know. You never know who's going to be in the house with Michelle Willis hosting. So I encourage you to come on out. We have had a phenomenal day today. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Congratulations on your event this weekend. We will see you Sunday. Sarah, thank you for being here. Port, we couldn't do it without you. And to our listening audience, thank you as well. Thanks so we much We are for wrapping me. up the day. Stay tuned. You'll get notices when Michelle's uh, interview will post. And this is Mary Parker. I am the chicken charge. Subscribe to The Chicken Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge.